Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I say in every show, we've got a great show for you today. We have Stephanie Quell on, and she's done some great things, and she's definitely a rising artist, and we look forward to hearing parts of her story and hearing some music. So, Stephanie, are you here? Hello, I'm here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm actually in Nashville. Uh, I've been mainly in North Carolina on our farm uh, during mm-hmm. the last five mm-hmm. months, but I'm here in, in town in Nashville this week doing some uh, new recordings, oh, wow. which is very exciting. We've been able to virtually record just about everything via our computers uh-huh. in different studios around, but to do the vocals, I had to come back into town. <laughs> and, you know, it's re- technology is so great because imagine if the if this crazy – pandemic would have happened even five years ago you couldn't do half of what oh, you yeah. do now well even <laughs> what we've seen just the last five months of every you know different format in which we use all these virtual services has mm-hmm. you know amplified mm-hmm. their services so much it's really it's tremendous I think it's a big learning curve for so many of us to just go hey we can we can do this ourselves in the event that we need to and just to know that we have other options is really tremendous and now Facebook yeah. has added an option where, um, for an artist, they can um, have a tip jar directly with Facebook when they go yeah. live. Yeah. So it's, I wonder. It's all super wild. When all this is over, our artists, and I think this would be kind of smart, when they do the live concerts, are they going to also um, live it too and get paid that way too now? Yeah, I think that. You know, what we've been seeing from, you know, just with touring, you mm-hmm. know, being most of it being postponed, I think everyone's looking at every option possible because, like any business, it's like how do you, how do you stay afloat, you know, and how do you keep yeah. uh, going and taking care of your crew and your band members and, uh, you know, and, and there's, a, there's a lot that goes with that. So I think, you know, I think that for the first few weeks of this, we were all pretty – um, much in a state of paralysis of like how do we how do yeah. we do this and then we all kicked into okay we have to do this we have to do yeah. something we have to find a way and uh, and so I think we're all just navigating that and finding ways to you know keep moving forward and it's it's strange no question yeah because of course with the whole thing that there could be up to 90% venues gone when all this is said and done you know, that's going to be a huge thing because, as you know, the touring side is where independent artists make all their money, or at least 90% of their money. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, you know, with, with any business, especially our business, I think people sometimes forget that the songs just – songs don't get recorded without people yeah. recording them. Uh, mm-hmm. Live concerts don't happen without venues and promoters and – venue owners and bands and there's just a lot of people being impacted so I'm hoping I've seen some legislation that is very much uh, trying to help the venues and uh, create different opportunities but it's, it's a it's there's there's I don't know that there's any uh, I, I mean everyone's being impacted and uh, affected by yeah. all this so I think that you know I think we all have a much greater appreciation for that live concert we saw the beginning of March that we thought, you know, oh, yeah, it's just another concert. Well, nothing is just another, right? That's true because, again, you just never know. And, you know, like people with um, careers and their jobs, you know, they always – the crazy part is the big careers basically 
got halted. And what was considered essential was like, you know, delivery services, people working at Walmart. So all of a sudden it got flip-flop because, you know, everybody always seen this big careers as that's, you know, that's the greatest thing out there. But through all this, the people at the bottom have been the most important. Well, I think that it's really given us an opportunity to take things into account that we can't Mm -hmm. take anything for granted. You know, our delivery workers are putting their lives every time they pick up a package and deliver it at risk. We've got our first responders and those that are keeping Mm -hmm. the different, you know, stores open, uh, even to some of the local groceries and then the big box stores, there are a lot of people that are, are taking risks every day so that we can still you still have access to a lot of those, yep. uh, you know, um, the things. I mean, uh, from like mandatory, you're probably going to need toilet paper, to you know those, those <laughs> less essential. Yeah. But I think you know, yeah. I, I you know, we were talking about this before we all got on, and I think that you know this has given us all an opportunity to really recognize how blessed mm-hmm. we are and how much we yep. do have, and how to mm-hmm. better walk in this world with gratitude and like, man, like helping each other out. Cause that's the one thing you yeah. know, I've really focused on is the positive stories. And, you know, exactly. yeah, there's a lot of tough stuff out there and uh, you know, and, and it's very easy to fall into some of those negative conversations. But when you look at the good mm-hmm. community and how the world has come yep. together, it's pretty exciting. It's been a blessing. And like yeah. we told well, you before this, sh- right? <laughs> yeah, like we told you before the show, you know, the launch of this show show was in January, and, you know, the plan was 80, maybe 100 interviews. And and when all everything got shut down, I told Sandy, you know what? You know, all these artists are not doing anything. This is our time to shine because, you know, because a lot of, you know, a lot we might have a cha- better chance of getting a bigger artist that, than what we normally would at a show so young. You know, so we've been getting people on our show that we know that we wouldn't believe would have come on this early if it wasn't oh, yes. the virus shutting mm-hmm. everything down. And I think that also from the artist perspective, you mm-hmm. know, you guys are a new show. Okay, yes, but also we all need amplified voices. And so I think yeah. that it's when it's a win-win, it, it, it's a win-win for everyone because you're sharing artists of all levels voices. And go check out their music mm-hmm. and, and yep. you know, mm-hmm. everyone at different places in their careers, which then, you know, also gives you guys uh, a bigger platform to then help more artists. And it's this beautiful yep. synergy that happens. And uh, I, I was reading up on your guys' <coughs> love story, and I just think it's the sweetest. And uh, I just oh. think it's really tremendous. So thank you guys for having me on. Oh, thank you for being on the show on. today. Yes. And thank you for that about yes. our story because, as you, you know, as you know, and I don't know if you read the part where, you know, I went through 19 years of addictions. And and the first five years of our marriage was really hecked on because of those addictions. But, you know, because of our love story, because of the way we met, because of the power of all this coming together, she truly believed that God brought us together for a purpose. And because of that mm-hmm. feeling – she stood by me. She uplifted me, even in spite of the addictions. And I really believe that God brought her into my life to help heal my heart because I've been sober now over 12 years. That's incredible. 
That's incredible. And to be able to define your guys' purposes both individually and together is really beautiful, you know, because mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's the mm-hmm. part about, you know, it's about marriage that I've really, as I've, you know, I'm only five years in now. But as I've learned, with it's, you're two independent people, but you come together mm-hmm. to create this interdependence that's just really extraordinary and to be able to lift each mm-hmm. other up and be the support that you need to be and it, it be because you want each other uh, to shine. And that's, that's, a, that's a wonderful thing. And I love that you said interdependence because that's what I always say to people because, you know, I'm like, I, I never wanted an independent because mm-hmm. I, I never wanted an independent woman. I wanted an interdependent woman. People don't understand that. And, and it's funny because when we first married, we, you know, I, was, I wanted to be this speaker. She wanted to be, she wanted to be somehow in music. Little did we know, 17 years later and, and launching maybe 100 different business ideals that all failed, we would find a path yeah. that would lead us to where I get to talk on the show, and she gets to be part of music because we interview artists all in one yeah. umbrella here. Right. So it works. Yeah. <laughs> so you we get both of our passions in one. together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That's right. So as we dig a little deep into your story, tell us, tell us, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of you as we dig deep. Sure. Uh, so I'm originally from Bozeman, Montana, where I was born and raised, and I grew up very interestingly. So my parents separated; they got divorced when I was three. And so mm-hmm. when I say I, like my dad mm-hmm. was the city mouse, which I find funny because we're talking about Bozeman, Montana, <laughs> which is you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a small town, but not a super small town, but it's a town. <laughs> yeah. And then my mom was the kind of the country mouse. And so she married my stepfather, who was a veterinarian with a farm. And that, from age like four on, was, was you know, most of my life was being this little farm kid from, you know, uh, helping him in the veterinary clinic or, you know, cleaning uh, stalls or, you know, feeding the animals. Huh. I was, I was. Yeah full throttle farm kid. And in our, uh, in our little farm, uh, horse barn, we had a little AM radio that would play country music all the time. My mom oh, well. sings and plays piano. <laughs> so our house was always full of music. And my <laughs> mom was more, you know, country singer songwriters that we listened to a lot of um, mm-hmm. R and B and soul. And then my dad was more of the rock and roll Americana. So it was this it was just this blend of music, and for me, it just I loved music, so I just listened to everything and all the time. And I uh, picked up piano. I started piano when I was four. My grandmother was a piano teacher, a, a, a farmer's wife kind of piano teacher, so she was tough as nails. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that was my really, you know, the beginning of when I mm-hmm. started playing poetry and uh, the the turn of a of a phrase, and uh, which then led me to acoustic guitar where I started writing my uh, my little songs. And for most yeah. of my upbringing, you know, I didn't know that this would be my life. It wasn't until yeah. I uh, did an exchange program to Freeburg, Switzerland, of all places. Uh, mm-hmm. I w- loved the French language. I still do uh, since I was a very little girl. And uh, I ended up in Freeburg, Switzerland, doing uh, my junior year of high school abroad through an organization called Youth for yeah. Understanding. And I, within the first month of being there, I was with my host brother at this little cafe, and there was a band, no kidding, at the table next to us. 
talking about how their lead singer had moved back to Germany. She is soap opera actress. So I uh, was dropping, of course, because that's my job as a songwriter. And uh, I said to them, I go, I, I, I sing. Like, can I be a part of your band? And they said, well, come audition for us. And I did, and I got the gig. And so oh, wow. at my after schools uh-huh. and my weekends consisted of writing, recording, playing, rehearsing, and performing. And that is when... I got on that stage finding that band that I knew this would be my life. I just didn't know how. I just knew yeah. I had to. And I think that, you know, as a lot of up-and-coming songwriters and artists listen yeah. and entertainers, you know, it, I think the best advice I can give is when it's a must, when there's no yeah. other choice, you will find yeah. a way. And mm-hmm. so then I came back from Switzerland just on fire for music going, this is going to be my life. I'm going to figure it out. And it was just like, okay, here we go. And my parents, you know, they'll tell you when I was a little teeny tiny that I pretty much would make decisions and they'd be like, okay, here we go. So it's just another one of those decisions. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so then, you know, it was just a matter of how and navigating mm-hmm. challenges and hurdles and, uh, you know, failure and the word no and the word mm-hmm. you can't and the word you're done and mm-hmm. all those things. And then in 2011, uh, it was November of 2011. I moved to Nashville, and I had already oh, wow. been full-time music since February of 2010. <laughs> that is wow. pretty cool. Um, pretty you know, wild. You, about you the, can't make this stuff up. The, and that, <laughs> yes. You're talking about the rough side of it. You know, one thing I like to do on the show is talk about, of course, the highs of the music, but I, but I go the other way too because a lot of hosts don't. Um, and I think people miss that because, you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of the artist, but they don't see the grind. They don't see the sacrifices. And normally I save this later into the show, but, you know, you kind of started already on that path. So I'm like, you know what, we're going to go on there now. Now I'll tell a little story to help lead us into where I want this part to go. Back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time they were full-time with music. And one of the questions I asked Allison was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, because once you want it to be a career, that yes, it's still your passion, but now it's your job. She goes, you can't, you can get up, have a bad day, and you still got to play like there is a great day tonight if you've got a gig that night. She goes, we don't get holidays off. We don't get birthdays off. You see, friends and relatives, they don't understand because they're like, oh, come over. We can't. We got a gig. We got to gig this and we do that. So, so many sacrifices that we have to make um, as a family. The whole family even has to sacrifice not just her and her daughter, who is the front people of the thing, but everybody had the sacrifice to a point. She said, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that because, I mean, go all in because that's the only way that, you, that you'll um, – that those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go on that side of it a little bit. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I have used that phrase with, I've used that conversation many a times, utilize those. If there is anything else you can do, do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that, that, you know, it's music business. It's mm-hmm. not music friendship. It's not music, someone will be holding your hand through this. It's not music, it is music Mm -hmm. business. And so I think that 
a lot of times the uh, quickness of certain people's rise to whatever, be it celebrity or stardom, can disillusion others from what's, what it really is. Okay, there, there are times where it's lightning in a bottle and an artist will shoot to the top and they'll stay there and it's like, how does that happen? <laughs> and that is very uh-huh. unusual. There yeah. are so many artists that spend, you know, 10 years before they'll even get noticed at all. And then it happens and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, they're amazing, this brand-new artist. And that artist is going, I've been around and I've been working my tail <laughs> off. But mm-hmm. I think that the business mm-hmm. side is it's a business. And so yeah. if you love music, like if you love music and you can do something, then why would you ever, mm-hmm. you know, um, mess with something that's such a God-given gift, you know, the gift of music, because mm-hmm. you can go sing in your yeah. church and have incredible mm-hmm. um, uh, input in your community. Yeah. In, there's so many different ways from teaching and all that stuff. I think that mm-hmm. in the music industry and music business in which we are, from the standpoint of like building a brand, building uh, an artist, even though I'm the artist talking about me as, you know, but it's, it's yeah. the whole picture. And so yeah. I spend enormous amount of time on the business side and an enormous amount of time in the music creation, practicing, rehearsing, cultivating, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. So it really is, you have to have both sides of your yep. brain working and really going for people that can support you, uh, not extort you, and those that can elevate you to be a better artist mm. and to be yeah. able to criticize mm-hmm. you and you receive that as, this is going to make me better. And I think that yeah. those are the things that you learn with time. Mm-hmm. You know, no one likes to hear that you're not good. <laughs> you should quit, <laughs> give up. Why did you ever start singing? Um, no one should ever have to listen to your voice. Uh, you're terrible. I mean, those, those are things that have been said to me. Yep. And I was just like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people like chocolate ice cream and some people like vanilla. You know, and I don't, That's I it. myself. And social media has made that worse. Well, you know, but. Only if you let it. Social media is only yeah. a weapon if you weaponize it. If you allow someone True. on social media to you and you take the bait, mm-hmm. that is your responsibility. My husband yeah. has True. a great mm-hmm. advice. You win yeah. 100% of the fights that you don't involve yourself in. <laughs> True. Mm-hmm. And I think That's that, true. and now, don't, don't think that it's not effort, though, because I've had some people <laughs> some things and I'm like, what in the world? But you know what? Again, it's it's yeah. it's not worth that time. So you take that time, which is our most yeah. precious commodity, right? Mm-hmm. And the time that I could take to respond to jerk number one thousand, whatever, or what I could do with that time: create a new song, mm-hmm. create a new mm-hmm. uh, yeah. finger pattern, create a new piano riff, create a new idea. That's yeah. how I look at it. Like. Let's not give in to that time because you never get that time back. Yeah. That and, and, you know, you're talking, about, you're talking about the whole um, the time for overnight success thing. We definitely know what you're talking about there, even, even for what we do. You know, we've been doing this for six months, but, and people think, oh, it's six months, and look at who all they've had on the show already. And what they don't see is that this 
vision actually started back in 2014. You know, we've been in and out of music on several fronts for like seven years and, and all that. And so this whole thing has just been a process of a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, we, in 2013 was when I started making connections within the independent music world. And that's how we end up, you know, getting Kelsey Ballerini back in 2014. Um, we interviewed her back before um, all this. So, you know, it's been a process. So even though the show looks like, oh, we've got this, this person, this person, this person, it's not been a six-month process. It's been a seven-year process for you, for us. Well, it's been your whole life. It's, it's, That's it's true. Your, it, you know, it's, I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie, um, gosh, what, uh, I think it's called Imagine, but there, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's, a great, there's a great moment in there where uh, – Great movie. That, yeah, they're talking about, you know, how quickly um, the artist was able to write, you know, this, this first album and such. I think yeah. if you have seen the movie I and I'm completely that. botching this, I apologize. But the point being is that he mm-hmm. had his whole life to write that body of work. You know, it might have felt mm-hmm. fast in the moment, but we, you know, our beginnings are based on our whole what came before that. And that's what gives us mm-hmm. that depth and that interest in, you know, this is a creation that, yes, has been under this namesake mm-hmm. for the last six months, but you guys have been building this your whole lives individually. And yep, that's true. And, and, you know, I remember a quote mm-hmm. from Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn talked about on one of the CDs I listened to in the past, and he said that you might be turning 40 and you're upset that it's the big 4-0. He goes, don't look at it like it's the 4-0. He said, look at it as in, Get ready to invest forty years into your forty-first year. Yeah, and it made me think of that when you just said that, because like you know what, that's that's what that's exactly what he's saying. You you've invested mm-hmm. all these years into this one year now, because yeah. it's everything that leads and up also, to this point. You know, you think about you think about birthdays, right? And mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. growing up, and my parents. My parents never talked about age. They were mm-hmm. birthdays were such a gift. And mm-hmm. I remember, I can't remember which artist it was, but I remember an artist posting something on her birthday. You know, and and in our industry, you know, there there yeah. have been such you know uh, conversations of ages and things like that. And she specifically, mm-hmm. I remember it so vividly. I can't remember mm-hmm. her name at the moment. Was you know what a gift to be able to have another birthday when so many people don't get to. That's true. That's a perspective right there, right? You know? Yes, it is. Again, it's just leaning into, you know, how to to inspire and just give people more goodness to hold on Mm -hmm. to and to, to take them to, you know, new levels and create more impact. Yep, exactly. So mm-hmm. what are some moments now as we go the other way? We have talked about some of the sacrifices. What are some moments where you look back and you're like, wow, that happened or I got to do that? You know, those type of moments. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, uh, th- there have been there have been so, so many, and I often don't slow down long enough to look. I, <laughs> we have, like, brief celebrations of, like, high fives, and that's awesome, and then it's like, okay, back to work. <laughs> and, um, and sometimes I, 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 
find that I need to maybe slow down a little bit more to really mm-hmm. like own mm-hmm. that, enjoy the moment, and and earn it. Yeah, especially because when you earn these moments, you know that that's that's so much more powerful. I think because it just yeah. I don't know, it just feels mm-hmm. different. And uh, so I would say, well, I mean, obviously, the Opry was a game changer for me as an artist. And yeah. as an entertainer and a writer and a musician, when I stepped into that circle, what was that like? For my debut, I changed, and I changed because not only was it um, was it uh, you are worthy from the mm-hmm. country community and mm-hmm. my peers that I've looked up to my whole life and my you know and the icons that you just you know we've all just grown up listening to uh, tremendous music and also a massive responsibility. And Mm -hmm. I was beyond humbled and overwhelmed by that (laughs) moment, but also I just felt the magnitude of I want to make the greatest music that I possibly can. And I want to continue to inspire Mm -hmm. and raise the little hairs on people's arms when they hear a song (laughs) or they hear a note or they hear Mm -hmm. a moment and really evoke that emotion because that's what's so powerful about music is it changes our chemistry. And when you walk in a room like the Opry, you can't help but feel it. And what a (laughs) gift. So honestly, that was such a big moment too because it wasn't like – it wasn't like I had expected from the standpoint mm-hmm. of I put no expectation on it. I yeah. remember that day mm-hmm. and I remember being like, tonight's going to get here quick enough. I'm going to be right here and present right now. And I remember waking up that morning and just going, this is happening and I will never get today back. Cause you only get your debut at the mm-hmm. Opry once. And, uh, yep. and I just remember yes. everything was so vivid from the conversations uh, that I have with my family to all those different things. And it really set the tone for where I wanted to go from there in being present and really experiencing it because we could all get into tomorrow, but right now I'm Mm -hmm. here with the two of you and we're having a conversation (laughs) about our love of music and how it's brought us all together. Mm -hmm. And that is awesome. You know, yeah. and, uh, mm-hmm, and so I yes. look at moments like that. Uh, I'll say back in 2017, I had the opportunity to perform for the five, um, five former presidents, and that oh, wow. was like, first of all, I felt like Forrest Gump. I was like, how am I here? And my last name <laughs> is Quail, so now you know there's a whole other level of level of like Quail, 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 Quail level. Uh, level of like a political conversation going on. You know, you've got Secret Service and you have, you know, uh, President Clinton, Obama, Carter, and both Bushes at the time. And so mm-hmm. it was an event for hurricane relief uh, in Texas. Yeah. It was a nonpartisan. No it was about the people, not the policy. Yep. And it was really cool to exactly. see everyone to come together. And that was a pretty uh, pivotal moment because I just was awestruck that I'm having conversations with Lady Gaga and Bill Clinton about the Beatles. And I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> and just that really just happened, you know? Like a surreal and, moment. Uh, yeah, for sure. But then, you know, I'd say like some of the greatest moments are some things that people will never know about or never see. And mm-hmm. that's when a mom 
sends me a message on social media. She says, I didn't know what you stood for. I knew I loved your music. But mm-hmm. watching you and knowing that my daughter can believe in you as a role model and not be disappointed, it's, it's, it's wow. so gratifying wow. to know that I can rely on you to not only be the music and the voice, yes, but then mm-hmm. like what you stand for. And that that kind of stuff, you guys, that's that's what I, I live for. The, the so that fans. One, that's what drives you. Yeah, because that's what, you know, how you guys said, like, your, you know, like, like your must, your mission. I feel like mm-hmm. my must, my mission is mm-hmm. to create positive impact and to share my story and inspire those young and old, whatever, however, to know that they can. And I think that mm-hmm. with hard work mm-hmm. and dedication, anything and everything is possible. And, yeah. yes, you have to be realistic. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be a professional basketball player. We know this. I'm 5'4", <laughs> and I am terrible <laughs> at basketball. You know, within, you know, within the scope of skill and learned abilities, that we all have so much more. And I just am really grateful for my parents because it was mm-hmm. a limitless scope. They didn't say yeah. it was easy. They didn't yeah. say I wasn't going to have to mm-hmm. work my tail off. That was never the message, but it's like, okay, let's go. Go figure it yeah. out. Go work go work your way and learn mm-hmm. and listen. Mm-hmm. And uh so I I love I love that. That's probably been the hardest part of these last five months is not being able to be in the same room as yeah. our fan family is the flock of quail. And uh and just <laughs> In concerts and be able to look people in the eye and let them know that I might not know them, but I'm here for them and in any which mm-hmm. way I can be. And that that's something that means the world to me. And the music yeah. and the songs, those are all mm-hmm. the backdrop and soundtrack to these greater moments. That is really awesome. I love that. And we're going to take a quick yeah. commercial break and then we're going to play your song. We're going to come talk about that. How's that sound? Awesome. All right, here we go. Hey everyone, we have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. If my mouth is right, you're about three drinks in. Like you 
Congratulations. Thank you. So so where is it at there now? We uh sixty. It came on at sixty today. Oh, oh wow, awesome. that is really cool. And that's cool way. that you're on our show when it does that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is yeah. that again? <laughs> I said that that's cool that you're on our show the day it does that. Oh heck yeah, it's awesome. You know, when we wrote this song, myself, Rylan Fisher, and Joey Ebach, you know, we didn't know where it was going to lead. We, you know, we just, it was like any other co-write, and the three of us mm-hmm. had never written together, and oh, so wow. it was one of those, you know, we're just going to have fun, so uh, mm-hmm. we ended up writing the song, and then it wasn't until we went into the studio, you guys, that it really just came alive in a way, Clicked. we're like, oh, wait a second, this, this could be the next single, and, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. music video, it's got over a million views. My husband's in it. It was oh, wow. so much fun to just share yeah. those personalities because <laughs> we've all seen in a bar, there's so many different little stories going on. And I love being a <laughs> yeah. bartender. It's like, the, you know, as most bartenders are, like the therapist and the one, like, you know, helping those get through Like the Toby Keith song. And, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, this one. It's one of those songs that I, I never saw coming. And as a songwriter, that's always, you know, it's it's a wild adventure writing songs. I think it's just divine magic, you know, and songs mm-hmm. like, you're like, where did this one come from? Uh, so it's, it's, it's very cool. So thank you for playing it. No problem. So one thing I like to do on the show, um, as you know, you know, the fans see the artists, but they don't see the PR companies. They don't see the managers or or all the people behind the scenes. And to me, they don't get enough pat on the backs because without them, you can't do what you need to do. So I always like to give an artist a couple minutes to take, take a couple minutes to just tell us about the team behind you that helped you be who you are. Back in um, 2015, I started my own label and entertainment company. And so Mm -hmm. I have a small, but uh, we call it a lean, a lean team, uh, (laughs) team of, passionate individuals that work their their mm-hmm. just tails off uh you know and even you know going before covid i'm, I'm going to talk to you part i'm going to say pc pre-covid and uh <laughs> and then we'll do current covid we'll call it cc and uh <laughs> you know we we have been able you know as an independent female artist and i only say female because as we know when you listen to you know, listen to different playlists and different uh, radio mm-hmm. stations. They can be very um, heavily uh, male. 
And yeah. so as, you know, and you see female artists on major labels and all the big ones and that are, are you know, fighting that same fight to make their way up the charts and uh, get mm-hmm. heard. And so, you know, when we started this company, it was to create another way and another uh, point of entry, so to speak, and to be able to have that creative control and really, you know, find a way. And that's always been mm-hmm. my way of you just find a way. And so mm-hmm. uh, we mm-hmm. have in-house, we have our, um, you know, our executive staff, our team that, you know, make sure that every, like, make sure you guys have the right picture and uh, all the things. And our, our PR team is amazing. And radio promotions team and what radio promotions team is, they go to the radio stations, they present the songs. And, you know, uh, it's all those things. And it's just there's so many people that it takes to get everything where it needs to go, not to mention the band, my precious yeah. band that I've not been able to be in the mm-hmm. same room with since the beginning of March. And, and the time it takes and the songwriters, because we get a lot of pitch songs as well, and our producers mm-hmm. and the musicians in the studio. So there, there are so many people that, that might, you know, work for me and work for the company every day. And then those mm-hmm. that like kind of pop in and out, you know, like with anything. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it's exciting to watch the music take more and more shape as it evolves over time. And myself as an artist and writer, and also as our company, you know, grows mm-hmm. to watch all of us kind of like, we're, we're in this really beautiful lockstep. And now talking about CC, current COVID, my yeah. team, you know, had every reason to just go, okay, we're, we're, I don't know what this is, but we're just going to take a pause. And they yeah. all leaned in to find ways to create more opportunity, to create yeah. more ways of doing things that we didn't know how to do. That mm-hmm. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, and to your, to your point earlier, you know, you make the most of what you make the most of if you want to. Now, you yeah. guys could have just said, you know what, we're just going to take a break and, you know, we'll start our show back when everything comes back into whatever it's called. Or you guys leaned in and said, you know what, let's, let's push this further. Let's give more vi- voices and more, let's shine more lights on more artists during this time, which elevated mm-hmm. you guys, right? And yep. so I would yeah. love to shout out my team for that because they have tirelessly created opportunity. And I think what's really fun about our team is that I'll get a crazy idea, which is regular, (laughs) and we will find a way. And so I'll bring up an idea like, hey, let's go, you know, travel the – this was back in 2017. I've never been to these places in this song that I'm about to put out. Let's go live the song. And we made that happen. (laughs) And and I think that sometimes – not necessarily knowing the how is okay if you believe that it's possible. Or, and yeah. you come up with an idea and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I've, I've got to figure this out. And our team is so tremendous, you know, just figuring that out. I mean, you guys, in the first, mm-hmm. I think, 85 days of quarantine, I did like 80 shows. Oh, wow. 80 live wow. performances. It's pretty bonkers. Mm-hmm. And it takes a tremendous amount of logistics and coordination, and they are, they're just ex- extraordinary. And, and, you know, you're talking about the making the way. It made me think of a story from back, I guess, probably 10, 12 years ago 
we were considering moving to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I had this crazy idea because I'm like you. I come up with these crazy ideas, and we figure out how to make it work. I had this crazy idea that I'll build something in Charlotte before we go, and a guy here in Savannah had a thing called Savannah Menu. I thought, really great idea. We'll launch something like in Charlotte. Here was the problem. I didn't have the money to buy the machine to print the, the menu cards. So, mm-hmm. so I reached out to Facebook and all other stuff, and I sold cards to buy the machine, then bought the machine and printed the cards and then mailed them the cards. Exactly. So I sold cards way before – because Jim Rowe, yeah, again, he, he, he always preached that you either buy and then sell or you sell and then buy, and the latter is always better. Because you know, you know, because you you go out and sell the stuff before you even own it or whatever, and then you go find it. Yeah. So then your money ain't yeah, I mean, into it. Yeah, it's like selling an selling an idea, you know, and then selling a. I mean, I think that to your point, you know, as a as a songwriter, you go into a co-write, let's say, for example, mm-hmm. and you're selling yeah. your ideas, right? You're now that's that's if we're just keeping it very, but you're that that collaboration. Yeah. It's like. You know, it's like, what do you think of this idea? And what do you think of this idea? And that's, you know, <laughs> selling an mm-hmm. idea. Exactly. <clears throat> so tell us a parent story. Now, now you kind of told one earlier where they said once they realized you were all in, let's figure out a way. But outside of that, tell us a story where you realize they went above and beyond on, on something and you were like, wow, they really get this is my passion and purpose. Oh, well, with music specifically. Um, let me think of, well, gosh, I mean, that's, you know. Something that really stands out. Because, of course, they probably do that all the time, you know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, they've been extremely consistent, so props to my parents. Uh, (laughs) You know, I'm I'm trying to think of, I mean, I I mean, I do remember when um, it's, you know, it's not that, I guess I would say Drinking with Dolly. When Drinking with Dolly mm-hmm. went to radio, and that song written, written by Rachel Proctor and Victoria Banks, who are tremendous songwriters and artists in their own right, uh, I, when I heard that song, it was a must. When I heard that song, <laughs> I said to myself and to my team that I don't care what anyone says. We have <laughs> to record this song. This is one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. It's a classic mm-hmm. country song, and we must. And um, yeah. and sometimes I can get very mm-hmm. dramatic as a country artist too. Let me tell you, I can really, really lean into that. So, uh, so I remember that when when my dad heard "Drinking with Dolly" on the radio, that that mm-hmm. song really like connected with him. And he's always been my you know tremendous supporter. Yeah. But I think it clicked differently, and it yeah. was like. Oh, this is this is really happening, oh, and wow. uh, and I think that you know it just it takes time because as you as you as we all know when it's our own families like they see us day in day out doing all the things talking yeah. about all the things, and so mm-hmm. it's been really fun to continue to build and grow and have them be a part of all of that you know yeah. because this hasn't been like one year this hasn't been two years this has been a lot of years. And they've watched me through trials and tribulations, and mm-hmm. 
triumph and tragedy. And they, you know, and again, it's about the ride. Man, because if you can't enjoy all the bumps and bruises and, man, dust yourself off and wipe those tears and get back up and no one's picking up the phone and everybody's picking up the phone, no one's picking up the Mm -hmm. phone again, you have to enjoy that process or you just Mm kind of miss out on living. And yeah. uh, that was that was a that was a really I, I just remember that moment when like the light oh, wow. bulb went off for him because you know he's, awesome. he's just such a believer to so get to see that and I think for my mom that you know she and I are so similar that I think the moment that happened for us which was more recent uh, there have been many moments but one I'd love to share is when mm-hmm. uh, I wrote. I wrote Evil Can Evil with Tori Tullier and Karen Kozowski. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we wrote that in Karen's studio here in Nashville. And we're in this, you know, three, you know, very strong, independent women having conversations like, hey, what do we want to talk about? What do we want to sing about? What do we have to say? And I, mm-hmm. I remember our discussion led to, is there a great man or is there a, a you know, uh, that we could like turn turn this conversation and, and make, you know, I don't know, like make this, you know, I don't know, pardon the French, but kick-ass song. And, uh, yeah. French. Mm-hmm. and yeah. so on the wall of Karen's studio was a poster of Evil Knievel. Well, Evil yeah. Knievel was from Butte, Montana. He was a daredevil beyond daredevils. And growing up in Montana, it was a very much um, – like, a, I just remember hearing his name. I just thought of him as a superhero. You know, some people have Batman, some people have Spider-Man. It was like, oh, this evil Knievel, and, and he was a person, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we wrote yeah. this song about just really having that courage and that strength to keep going. Well, that song yeah. led me to an opportunity with Harley Davidson to shoot a video, video project with my mom. And oh, wow. being able to shoot that video project with my mom, who taught me how to ride horses, who's now taught me how to ride Harley Davidson, and kind of talk about, you know, the heart of, the heart of a horse and, and the mm-hmm. difference between the two and experience that together and her be kind of taken back wow. by the fact <laughs> that that all came about because of a song and a conversation and just the willingness <laughs> to get, you know, like get creative, that that was mm-hmm. really so spectacular to not only have for the rest of our lives, we have that experience in it on video, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But also mm-hmm. just to watch how a song has just given us like 360 and beyond of just these cool opportunities. And that was something, you know, I'll always cherish with my mom. And uh, that was very cool. That is really awesome. And I can tell you're big time family oriented. And so are we, we kind of, we're a family affair show. And we got to get a third co-host. We bring our eight-year-old on to ask one question to each. Oh my goodness, Sandy! Wait, but know. I just said the A word. I'm so sorry. He's not listening. So. Okay. But, we, but, 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 I, but we bring him on when it's time. You know, he plays, okay. he's on his little phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Sandy's gonna get and him on. What's his name? Christopher. He, yes, and here's here's Christopher. Hi, Christopher. Tell me what's your favorite food. Ooh. Well, first of all, it's it's so great to to know you over the um, the interview, but I can't wait to meet you one of these days. So, my favorite food 
is like three foods combined, okay? So imagine a cheeseburger pizza taco mm. with a side of fries. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really good. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like, a, like, it's like an eight-year-old dream, right? What's your favorite yep. food? Pizza. Pizza? I do. I really love pizza. I think it just makes me – I think it's because usually when we have pizza, we have it as a family, and it's almost mm-hmm. – you know, everyone's always, like, you know, like vying for that last piece. Yeah, it's a family event. <laughs> I think that's probably – I think that's why I love pizza so much. So maybe one of these days, Chris, will get to share pizza. <laughs> okay, bye. Yep. Well, he, he comes and goes He's quick. quick. But, Yes, he does, but he, he so loves yeah, to be he, part of it. Yeah, he would love that, to share pizza with you. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be so much fun. What a cutie. What a great idea for your show. And and we have a 16-month-old daughter, so believe me, once she gets old we enough, we'll be plugging her in, too. Oh, my yes. goodness, and what's her name? Caitlin. Well, this is, it, How precious. Yeah. I love it. And And here's the funny part. Caitlin, we just took her in for her first dentist appointment. And we knew she had a lot of teeth, but we didn't know yeah. yes. that she's already got all 20 of her baby teeth. Yeah, really? so 16 months. So she got I them mean, early. <laughs> teach me, because these are the things I do not know about baby children child. What, when are <laughs> teeth supposed to show up? Well, all 20, about two and a half years old. two and a half, and she's not wow. even one and a half yet, so a year early. <laughs> Just like she well, got y'all better get ready. <laughs> Yeah, that's so cool. And she is already like a little sassiness and oh, and, and little, cutest little princess uh, diva. It's already. like the cutest but diva at the same time. Oh yes, <laughs> there is nothing more precious than a. That there's just some. It's so interesting, you know. Like as you grow up, you see mm-hmm. like the father daughter and the mother son. Like there's just it's uh-huh. so. Those relationships are just really sweet. They are, absolutely. So if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Mm. That's a great question. Uh, I would love to write with Willie Nelson. Oh, that would be cool. The reason why I say that is because Mm -hmm. I've been listening to him since I was, gosh, in the barn. And the way... He wrote Crazy for Patsy Cline oh, wow. on the napkin oh, yeah. in that bar at right. You know, when you think about mm-hmm. that, or you hear any of the songs that he's done, and, and I, mm-hmm. I don't recall, like, historically speaking, if he wrote it for her or if it was pitched to her specifically, but he wrote that song. Yeah. I think that there, you know, he's in his 80s, and I just think that there are still so many songs that are just waiting to come out that I think it would be really, really cool to get the time. He loves horses. He rescues horses. Uh, He just, he just is uh, one in one in a million. And I I had the Mm. opportunity to perform with him. Gosh, was that last year? And you guys, I've never seen kinder eyes when he, we're all up on stage together. It was myself, his son Mm -hmm. and Bonnie Mm -hmm. Wright. And, at the end of we got to all sing together. He brought us all up, and he's just the kindest. And we um, we're finishing up, and he just looks at me with the kindest eyes, 
and uh, we just had this really sweet hug, and I just was like, man, I just want to know you. So what we would write about would be whatever he wants. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Great answer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, truly. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm about to ask a question, and I have a purpose for the way I ask this, and I'll explain that after I ask. But if you had okay. a magic wand, mm-hmm. and what you're about to say would 100% come true, where do okay. you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it kind of mm. in that way is I always want the artist to kind of think about this because – this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked that question to Kelsey Ballerini before everybody knew mm-hmm. who she was. I think she mm-hmm. had a top 28 on the charts, on the Billboard chart at that right. point. So her first single right. was at number 28. So, you know, so you're right around the same foundation as her um, when we mm, first wow. interviewed her. What she told us, her five-year goals and dream and vision, is almost to the T of what she's living right now. Right. And I always like to tell that story to get the artist to really think about where do I really want to be in five years? Because a lot in a five years don't sound like a very long time, but a lot can happen in five short years, well, yeah. especially a when lot, you've already built a, a foundation like you have. So where would you be well, if all bets were off? It's so interesting that you asked this question mm-hmm. because had you asked mm-hmm. me the first week of March, mm-hmm. I would probably it's have a different. very, a very, um, <clears throat> Not different, but it, it would probably be very easy for me to rattle off all the things. Yeah. Uh, so I can't I can't undo what I know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, That's right. But we can wave a magic wand. So, uh, so I'm going to go there and beyond, uh, trusting that mm-hmm. the world will find its way, yeah. and that we'll be able to create and have live performances where people can feel safe, right? And mm-hmm. they aren't fearful because yeah, that's absolutely. the biggest hurdle right yeah. now. There's a lot yeah. of fear mm-hmm. in our world. So I think that uh, to create global impact and to be a positive force for good that mm-hmm. inspires as many people that I get to meet and beyond which then means that we are selling out stadiums and we've written number ones and we have number ones and the ability to impact so many more people with um, just accessibility due to awareness, awareness, you know, and Mm -hmm. and to write timeless songs, classic songs, inspiring Mm -hmm. songs and, and to be limitless, let it be stage, song, screen, uh, you know, to be able to be at a point where my wild ideas can happen even faster so that they can have greater positive impact. <clears throat> love that. Yeah, really love that. Love that. Because, <clears throat> again, it's, it gets perspective. You know, like you said, in March, be a little different yeah. than now. Because the perspective yeah. of, okay, we just want to make sure live music can move people again. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, so it would break my mm-hmm. heart if people were at a show and they were afraid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. So let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing, and let's say either you tell her something special. And I could mm-hmm. ask this question a simple way, but I like to get specific. 
Um, I like as it. You, <laughs> and let's say the first <laughs> thing, and this would be pre-COVID advice. And, let, and okay. let's say they've gotten on stage. They played maybe 20, 30 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet on that side of it. But they've gotten on sure. stage, and they got what every stage, every artist says. They get that stage bug where they look over the crowd. They're cheering for them, and they just know they're in the right place. They come mm-hmm. to you and say, they say, Stephanie, I feel like I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Don't quit. That's a good thing. So simple. So simple. Mm -hmm. And so profound, right? So simple and so profound, and that's really it. You cannot feed into the noise of others. You have to be able to be aware of what's going on around you. But if someone Mm -hmm. can tell you that you're done and you're done because someone told you you're done, then this is not the business for you. (laughs) It has to be such... There has to be such internal conviction that there is a greater purpose than just being famous mm-hmm. or having yeah. the most numbers on social mm-hmm. media or the most TikTok mm-hmm. dances or whatever. The, the purpose, I feel, has to be so strong. And to mm-hmm. know what you stand for and what you have to say in between the songs is as important as the lyric and melody of the song you sing. That yep. when you have a platform like that, if you can't be forced to quit by someone or something or whatever, completely, then just don't. And you will find your way. You know, I mean, going back to that concert with Willie Nelson and Bonnie Raitt, I grew up listening to Bonnie. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, she's mm-hmm. like a, just phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. And she was mm-hmm. so humble and so kind. And she has every reason to, to, you know, with, you know, based on, you know, people's, you know, versions of what celebrity is and all these things untouchable and this, she was so Mm -hmm. kind. And Hmm. before she went out on stage, I got to spend a few minutes with her and I just said, you know, you're just so amazing. I go, I just, I really want to give them an amazing show tonight. And it was so honest and it was so authentic. And when you think back and I don't know her moments in her life, of people maybe saying, hey, you can't. I don't know anyone in any business that hasn't been told that they shouldn't, couldn't, wouldn't, can't, Well, look know. at Luke, Luke Combs. Exactly. Remember he tweeted about the six songs that the label exec said would never work, and all six went number yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had someone when I was 22 that told me I was too old and I should quit. <laughs> wow. And that, and I remember, I remember uh, looking at them and just being like, "Well, that's, what a thing to say!" And then it broke my heart because what if there are a bunch of young people that gave up because someone told them they had to? So my yeah. job in this world mm-hmm. is to say, "No, come on, don't quit, keep going." Yeah, <clears throat> I love that. We're down to three more questions, and two of them I usually ask at the very beginning, but we kind of yeah. went couple a different direction that I normally go so I'm going to ask them now the kind of light questions that I usually start with so what are some hobbies you'd like to do outside of music oh man everything I love <laughs> to do things I'm I'm I mm-hmm. recently uh took up archery again you know I did it when I was little and mm-hmm. uh you know and you know we did it you know I just put my you know uh, my little uh 
target on the hay bales on the farm. And so mm-hmm. my husband is, is an avid hunter. And so uh, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's very serious about his compound bow, but I have a, a really cool long bow and I've really enjoyed that a lot. And uh, yeah. my horses are a huge hobby of mine. I, they're just, you know, I love oh, wow. to ride and the mm-hmm. outdoors, you know, you'll, I mean, if it's, Camping, fishing, I get a lot from nature. I've always mm-hmm. uh, been that way. And recently, you know, in the last, gosh, year, uh, I started uh, bringing miniature animals to our farm in North Carolina. And <laughs> it, it started with a, two kittens <laughs> that led to a miniature horse, that led to miniature donkeys, that led to a miniature cow, that has now turned into quite a scene on our farm. And uh, what's really cool mm-hmm. about that is we just launched a, uh, a coloring storybook to go along with these little animals' oh, wow. adventures on the farm. And wow. just, I, love, I love that. Creating is a big hobby of mine. Uh, I mm-hmm. don't look at creating as work. The work is what you do with yeah. the creations, right? So mm-hmm. I, I love, you know, thinking of ways to bring people together and that's, uh, when I, I refer to kids as little humans, they're they just I think they're just um, extraordinary. And when I think about oh, yes. uh, all the people that inspired me when I was a little kid, and and just like that, uh, you know, growing up in Montana, which is wide open freedom, you know, mm-hmm. is how can I inspire more of that? Even if a kid grows up in the city and might not know um, the ways around a farmer, how do I inspire that yeah. in their imagination? Love that. Really yeah. love that. So what would you say, another real light question before we end it with the last question I always ask. Um, what's something you feel is quirky about you? <laughs> what's not? Um, <laughs> I, I, ooh, um, what's quirky? Gosh, I feel like my team would have so many things to say. Uh, <laughs> a lot of times, when uh, I have no shame in embarrassing myself. Oh, well. I have no problem with being self-deprecating if it brings a laugh mm-hmm. to a room. Mia. If a dance move that is in the wrong time to the wrong beat of the music makes people laugh, then mm-hmm. I I just truly, there's, I think laughter is so powerful and you go all in so probably healing. Too, don't you? Yes. I'm all about it. And I think that's probably something pretty quirky about me that, you yeah. know, those that meet me know that. And I'm, I'm kind mm-hmm. of, you know, I'm not, I'm pretty straightforward and I say what's on my yeah. mind and I try to do it in a very, you know, kind, funny way when need be. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I break out into random dance in random places. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know a stranger if there's, you know, especially during this time, you know, when I first got to Nashville after being gone for so many months, you know, I'm walking down the street and everyone's masked and you can't tell that people are smiling or not. So I'm just like telling everyone, hey there, I hope you're doing okay. I'm smiling under this mask. And oh gosh, they're probably like, who's the weirdo on our street? But I, I just want everyone to feel good. And, and I just think that, have fun um, too. yeah, I mean, the world is, the world yeah. is a, the world is a heavy place. And so I, I find it also part of my duty on this planet to mm-hmm. bring as much joy as I can to it. See, my motto has always been um, have fun, make money, make a difference. That's how I try to live my life. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that when you, you know, when you 
we all have to support ourselves and sustain ourselves financially mm-hmm. so that we keep can keep building and help others. Yep. And uh, I think mm-hmm. that, you know, with the music business is that, you know, it, it has to be that full commitment of heart because people can smell when it's not about what it's about. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that the fans are so smart and can, they know when mm-hmm. we're not being authentic yeah. and honest. And mm-hmm, so I think mm-hmm. when you live authentically and honestly and transparently and you're like, this is who I am, not everyone has to like us, but <laughs> to be able to mm-hmm. build a, a business on that and build a life and create, pay it forward, positive impact is what sustains us all really, you know? Yeah. I yeah. love that. You know, that's like with our show, you know, sometimes fans of artists don't like how we how I do the show, throw our story into the mix too. And I've had fans of the artists say, great interview, but wish he would focus on you and not so much on his story. And what they don't get is sometimes what, you know, when you tell parts of your story, it'll dig deeper for that artist to open up more. Well, I think that also empathy and, and relatability is, you know, that's, how you find conversation. I think that all makes sense. Mm -hmm. So as we come to a close here and we got the last question here, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Hmm. Question. That many times hosts kind of miss. Sure. You guys covered all the bases. Uh, There's a reason for that. We've done 140-something shows. This question has been on every show, and and every now and then we'll get some an artist like like the quirky question about 60, 70 shows back. Yes. One girl said said I just wish somebody would ask some, that what's quirky about me, and we love yeah. that so much that yeah. that that's in ever since that yeah. has been in every episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> around what artists have told us yeah uh, I would say <clears throat> man I mean we covered so much I would say that you know we've all heard the one what would you say to your younger self right mm-hmm. yeah yes. maybe what would you say to your future self oh that's a good one Ooh, that is a good one. Because, <laughs> because, like, with for for me, it would be like, if, you know, because of course you not know if we're going to be big like Bobby Bones and all that. I would say stay humble, because no matter how big our show gets, I want to always be who I am today. At least, I mean, I know we change, but I want to be the personality that we are with our show, where we keep it where it's vulnerable show. We keep it light, but we keep it serious all at the same time. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so what would you tell your future self? Mm. Well, that's a great question. I've never been asked that question before. Uh, <laughs> what, would I, what would I tell or ask? What would I tell my – or what would I say to my future self? Hmm. I can't wait to meet you. Oh, I love that. Uh-huh. That's powerful. Ah, uh, yes, that's great. <clears throat> yeah. And you know what? That's a good wrap, I think. So tell everybody how they can reach you. 
Uh, so I'm on all the socials. Because because we could go because because we could go all day long. I'll be honest. I could talk to you all day long. <laughs> oh, you guys are super sweet. I so appreciate you all having me. Uh, so everywhere on social media, I answer all my direct messages, uh, be it um, YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, all the places. Uh, I actually even have you know my own. If anyone wanted to text me, if they um, got anything going on that they just need. Um, uh, a, a, a friend. Um, I have a phone number. You can call me. It's uh, or text me six one five two zero five three three nine two. And uh, the flock of quail. We have a fan family um, Facebook group that you can join. And of course, anything stephaniequail dot com. You can find everything there as well. I love that, and we really enjoyed having you on, and we look definitely look forward to having you back down the road. Oh yes. Wow. Thank you guys so much. And please, when I have my coloring storybook ready, I'm gonna I gotta get your address because I gotta send it to your kiddos. Okay. Oh, we would love that. They would love to get that. Yes. Absolutely. Well you guys have an amazing rest of your day and thank you so much for having me. Oh, you too. Me. Oh, you too. Thank you for your time. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye.